We've got a jam-packed episode this week. The dates and location for Celebration 2019 have been announced. Zahn is working on two more Thrawn novels. A Millennium Falcon book series is in the works. And I've got my review of Star Wars Last Shot. The date is May 23rd, 2018. And you're listening to episode three of the Star Wars Canon Podcast. What a piece of junk. stories about what happened. It's true. All of it. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of the Star Wars Canon Podcast. I am your host, Brian Miller. Chris Stolle couldn't join me this evening. He's feeling a little a little under the weather, uh, a little bit of heat exhaustion. I uh, told him not to uh, stand on the corner as long as he did, but he did anyway. We're trying to make that money. No, I'm just kidding. I just like busting his balls. But uh, no, Chris couldn't make it uh, this week, so I told him to get better and I could handle it on my own. So it'll probably be a little bit of a shorter episode. Uh, just, I mean, it was just one of us talking, obviously, but uh, uh, we've got a seriously full episode for you guys this week, uh, a lot to talk about. I thought last week's episode uh, had a lot in it, but this one has got a lot, so uh, there's there's quite a bit to talk about, but before we get into all that, I, I just want to let you guys know real quick uh, that this podcast is going to be moving to Patreon as of September 1st, that's a Saturday uh, that podcast is going to be, ex- I'm sorry, this podcast is going to be exclusive uh, to the patrons there. And, and guys, it's only $2 a month. Uh, we're doing four to five podcasts a month, uh, about hour and a half, two hours piece. Uh, so it's really not a whole lot. Definitely head on over there. Uh, we'd love any, uh, any support you guys can send our way. And not only will you have access to the uh, podcast, uh, but we'll also send you an exclusive Star Wars Canon Library uh, bookmark uh, for all of those canon novels you guys are reading. So uh, definitely make sure to head over there and check that out. We'll put the uh, link in the description below. And also, while you're at it, make sure to visit our website. It is www.starwarscanonlibrary.com and our Facebook page. Richard J is doing a hell of a job. Uh, keeping up with the Facebook page over there. Make sure to give us a like and a follow there. Also, uh, at the end of every month, uh, not counting this month or next month, uh, we do live Q&As on the Facebook page. We usually give away something uh, Canon-related. The next one we're doing is going to be the end of July, uh, and we're going to be giving away a hardback copy of Thrawn Alliances. So uh, definitely tune in for that. Make sure to follow the Facebook page so you guys know when that event is going on. Uh, and you'll be notified whenever it's time for that to roll around. So now that I got all of that out of the way, uh, it's time to get into some Star Wars news. And there's there's a few things we could talk about this week. Uh, obviously, the big story this week is uh, Celebration 2019. Uh, the dates have been announced. Uh, Celebration's heading to Chicago. Uh, kind of surprised that they picked Chicago of all places. Uh, but I'm definitely excited that they picked Chicago because that's actually somewhere I can go to. Uh, I live in Kansas, for those of you that don't know. So California, Florida, those are a little bit out of reach. Uh, England, that one was uh, that one was a little bit of a stretch. I wasn't going to make that one. So uh, Chicago, Illinois, uh, the dates are April 11th through the 15th. Tickets go on sale at noon Central Standard Time on June 5th at www.starwarscelebration.com. Very, very excited about the uh, lineup they're going to have this year. I'm I'm sorry. I'm excited to see what the lineup is going to be this year. 
Um, especially considering this is going to be the celebration leading into episode nine. Uh, this is going to be, uh, that's going to be the celebration where we get, you know, possibly our first trailer for episode nine, you know, anything like that. So, uh, I'm definitely excited about, uh, that Kirsty and I are going to try to get five day passes. Uh, I've got some vacations saved up at work that I'm going to take. So, uh, we're going to see if we can't go. This will be the first time she and I have ever been to anything like this. And I told her Star Wars Celebration is like my Mecca. I have to go at some point. My dream, you know, I, God, I'm going to literally die if I ever meet Mark Hamill. Um, I've always wanted to meet the big three, you know, Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher, and Harrison Ford. And, you know, obviously, sadly, I, I can't. I, that dream will never be fulfilled now. So uh, if I ever get to meet Harrison Ford, it's going to be at a celebration probably. So I'm very, very excited uh, and, and I can't wait. So more details to come on that. Not a whole lot of information has really been, uh, released as far as that's concerned yet. Ma- mainly it was just the, uh, the, uh, dates and when the tickets are going on sale and the location. So, uh, definitely, definitely cannot wait for that. Uh, and, and guys, it'll be here before you know it. It will seriously be here before you know it. Uh, it, time is flying ever faster, but, uh, moving on from celebration, uh, this, this is something that kind of caught me off guard. I actually just saw this while I was preparing for this podcast. Uh, and it's, it's this Timothy Zahn, uh, has kind of officially announced that he's working on two more Thrawn novels after Thrawn alliances, uh, where we still don't know exactly where Thrawn alliances is going to take place. I can't wait to get my hands on that book. I really did like the first Thrawn novel and I can't wait uh, to, to see the, uh, I'm sorry, to read this next one. It's, it's going to be Thrawn and Vader together. So I'm kind of wondering how they're going to do that considering, you know, the first Thrawn novel pretty much led up to the events of Rebels where he's introduced in Rebels. So, uh, and you know, spoiler alert, we know how the Rebels series ended. So, uh, but that has a lot to do with why we're not getting these Thrawn novels just yet. Um, uh, Timothy Zahn was at Comic-Con Revolution in Ontario, Canada, uh, and he explained that he's still uh, writing, or he's he's uh, he still plans on writing two more books in the Thrawn saga uh, after Thrawn Alliances comes out. Uh, the next two stories are apparently set uh, somewhere between when we see him disappear at the end of Rebels uh, and during that time where we still don't have a lot of information between Return of the Jedi and uh, The Force Awakens. So I'm really, really excited to see how that's going to go down. And the reason he can't release them yet, uh, apparently Lucasfilm Story Group won't let him start writing them until after, until episode nine is released. So uh, in my eyes, personally, that confirms that Thrawn uh, is is going to be around during the rise of the First Order. I'm, I'm, I've been saying it from the get-go. I truly believe he had a lot to do with the uh, formation of the first order, uh, even though we haven't seen anything based on that yet, I'm sure you know. I, I guarantee you, it's going to pop up that he had something to do uh, with the formation of the first order, and I think we're going to get that in probably the second one of the you know of these two novels. Um, but it also tells me that uh, the first novel is probably going to uh, focus on what happened between what happened with him and Ezra. Uh, spoiler alert for those of you who haven't finished Rebels, uh, you know, they shot off into hyperspace on the Chimera about halfway through that final episode, and that was all there was to it. So I'm, I'm really excited to see 
how that's going to go down. And obviously, we're not going to be getting those novels until 2020. You know, probably this time, about two years until we until we actually find out what happened with Thrawn and Ezra. So you better buckle up. You better stop asking questions now because you're going to drive yourself crazy leading up to this. We have two years to wait now to know what happened. I'm, I'm calling it right now. Um, but another thing this tells me is that after episode nine is released, the story group has plans to release a lot of material in between episodes six and seven. If he's not going to be able to tell that story until after nine comes out, I feel like there's going to be something in nine that is going to have to do with that. And then once that comes out, that's when we're going to get all the information uh, about what Luke was up to between those those films. You know, what the state of the galaxy, you know, what was going on with Han and Leia, a little more in depth in addition to what we already know, what was going on with Thrawn, the formation of the first, all this other stuff. I think we're finally going to get it once episode nine comes out and think about it, guys. We are really not that far away from episode nine. We're really not. Um, I mean, we're in what may of 2018 right now. We have a year and a half. We have a year and a half. That seems like a long time. But like I said earlier, it's going to go fast. A year and a half is going to fly by. You know, it is. Oh, now I will admit, it's going to feel a little weird this Christmas not getting a new Star Wars movie. That that is going to feel a little weird. I admit, uh, and it's going to feel like something is missing. And I'm going to feel like I'm missing a Star Wars movie that's coming out. It's going to feel that way. But uh, guys, it's going to be here before you know it because once the the marketing campaign for Episode Nine kicks off that's that's when we're getting into it and and that's going to be kicking off about this time next year less than a year we're going to be kicking off on the marketing for episode nine so uh stay tuned that is going to be a lot of fun and and guys i can't wait to see what kind of stuff uh is going to be coming out um i can't wait to see them bring thrawn back into the limelight in the time period that we all know him from in the eu from the original thrawn trilogy uh, I, I can't wait to see what they're going to do, especially throwing the First Order into the mix. Guys, what are your thoughts on two more Thrawn novels? I'd love to hear what you guys and gals have to say. Let me know in the comment section below how you think those two novels are going to work out. Where do you think they're going to take place exactly? What do you think we're going to see uh, Thrawn go through? I, I'd love to hear you guys' thoughts on that. Uh, also, coming in October, speaking of book news, we have a Millennium Falcon book series called Flight of the Falcon. Uh, it's being released by Lucasfilm Publishing. Uh, the new books are set to take place in a bunch of different eras of Star Wars, uh, including and centered around the ship that we all know and love, the Millennium Falcon. Uh, the press release from StarWars.com says, New Flight of the Falcon book series to debut this fall. Take a ride on the Millennium Falcon in a new series that connects all Star Wars eras for new adventures with Lando, Han, Hondo, and more. Uh, the series is debuting in October. It consists of books and comics. Uh, each each uh, book is going to have a kind of roadmap, uh, I guess, illustration in it that shows where the story takes place in the timeline with who, uh, with whom in the story, everything like that, apparently. Um, but Lucasfilm Publishing's creative director, Michael Siglin, said these tales take us from a time just before Solo, a Star Wars story, when Lando and L3 had the Falcon, through the original trilogy and into the new trilogy, ending on the incredible world of Batuu. Now, for those of you that don't keep up with a whole lot of the news, Batuu is the planet uh, that they're kind of teasing with the new Thrawn Alliances novel. It's the planet they're teasing in the new Disney World expansion, that that uh, that big 33-acre thing they're building. So I'm kind of I'm kind of excited to see what is so special about this planet. 
it's starting to slowly pop up here and there, and, I, and I'm wanting to know more about it. Um, it says the book is going to be launched with a, or I'm sorry, the series is going to be launched with a book called Star Wars Lando's Luck. It's going to be a middle grade novel, something probably along the lines of maybe Guardian or um, Guardians of the Will. Maybe it'll be something like Rebel Rising or Ahsoka. I'm hoping it'll be something more like that. Um, but also in this entire uh, menagerie of material we're going to be getting out of just this series alone, it says there's going to be an installment uh, from a new Star Wars Choose Your Destiny line, uh, and it's going to be an open-ended Star Wars adventure. So we were kind of talking about this last week a little bit. Uh, we had a viewer write in asking if we'd ever have stories like this again, where you know where you can make decisions and stuff like that, and I didn't know the, the details of this just yet, and apparently we are getting some of those. So how they're going to fall into canon, I'm not entirely sure yet. To be completely honest, because usually all this open-ended stuff, just it, to me, it doesn't feel like canon. But I guess we'll see. Uh, it also says there's going to be a Luke and Leia adventure where the twins steal the Falcon for a top secret mission. Uh, kind of interested in seeing how that goes down. Uh, and then in another novel called Star Wars Pirates Price, uh, Pirates Price, excuse me, uh, the ship will be back in the hands of Han and Chewie, uh, and the pair team up with one of the most nefarious and fan-favorite smugglers in the galaxy, Hondo Anaka. Uh, the books are aimed at a middle-grade reader's ages 8 to 12. Uh, from what I've seen so far with n- novels and books and stuff like that that are aimed towards that age group, they're still good Star Wars stories. Um, the Guardians of the Will little book was aimed towards that demographic, and it was it was I mean, it was really good in my opinion. Uh, you know, Rebel Rising was kind of in that area. Ahsoka was kind of in that area. And believe it or not, Lost Stars was actually in that in that uh, uh, category. So, and, it, and it's widely accepted as the best Star Wars novel to date, the canon novels to date. Um, so, but I like seeing the name Hondo Anaka again. I cannot wait to see more Hondo. Me and Chris were talking about... Uh, Hondo last week how both of us love that character so much I'm not a fan of how he's being handled in the comics and the Star Wars Adventures comics uh, but as far as Rebels is concerned and Clone Wars one of my absolute favorites bar none uh, can't wait to see more of him especially teaming up with Han and Chewie that's going to be really interesting so uh, that series is set to debut in October uh, we'll try to keep the uh, keep track of it as best we can here at the Canon Library it looks sounds like there's gonna be a lot of stuff uh, but keep checking back on StarWarsCanonLibrary.com. We will get the exact dates, uh, and we'll get the cover art for you guys, and we'll keep it all in chronological order for you. So, uh, And also, before we move on to upcoming canon, uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about a novel I just finished, and you guys hopefully finished it also at this point. I'm not going to talk any spoilers. I don't want to spoil anything in this book, uh, but I'm going to be talking about Star Wars Last Shot. This is the novel... That came out not too long ago, uh, kind of leading into the the solo film. If they were doing the Journey to uh, title, uh, the the banner at this point, still it would be Journey to Solo Star Wars Story. But they're not doing that for some reason with these standoffs. I wish to God they did though. But anyway, um, Star Wars Last Shot. I want to talk about this book for a minute. Uh, it's it's a Del Rey novel. Uh, first, first off, it's written by Daniel Jose. Uh, older and what's really interesting about just the physical appearance of this book it's got a reversible dust cover on it which I thought was really cool 
Uh, the main cover is a kind of a reddish orange. It's Han silhouette with the Falcon as we know it. And then if you flip it inside out, it's kind of a yellowish and teal cover for Lando with the pristine Falcon on it. So depending on which way you prefer it, uh, you can you can switch the dust cover around, which we've never seen that in a Star Wars book before. I thought that was really interesting. But anyway, uh, that's not what I'm reviewing. I'm actually reviewing the book itself. The book itself takes place during three different time periods. Well, four different time periods if you want to count the villain. Um, but it takes place over several different time periods for Han and Lando. Um there's present day, which in this book, present day, quote unquote, is considered two years after the Battle of Jakku. Uh, so there's there's some references to the Aftermath trilogy in this. There's even a character that pops up from the Aftermath trilogy. Um, but that's considered present day in this book. And then the other two time periods uh, are Lando 15 years before that and Han Solo 10 years before that. So both of those are still before the events of uh, A New Hope. But the Lando one is obviously before the events of Solo Star Wars Story and the Han time period, the 10 years, is after the events of Solo Star Wars Story. I mean, Han's got the Falcon at that point. He's with Chewie. So somewhere in between there, the events of Solo a Star Wars Story takes place. And then, like I said, we have our present day story with Han and Lando two years after the Battle of Jakku. Um, this book was written very well as far as Han and Lando are concerned. The dynamic of those characters was very, very well written. Um, when I was reading Lando's dialogue during the present day stuff, I could hear Billy D. Williams. I could when I read uh, Harrison or when I read Han Solo, I could hear Harrison Ford uh, having having these conversations. I had a little bit of a harder time picturing young Han and young Lando uh, with their voices, and, and it's not really that big of a deal. Uh, I, I just I haven't seen Solo a Star Wars story. I, I'm sure after I see that and I actually can hear what these characters sound like, their mannerisms, stuff like that, I can maybe place it a little better. But the Han Solo part was actually closer, I think, to A New Hope than it was Solo a Star Wars story. So I was trying to picture, you know, kind of a cross between Alden and Harrison, uh, you know, as far as looks go and stuff like that. But it, it's not really that big of a deal. It's just kind of harder to picture. Um, but Talking about that dynamic and, and these different time periods, I only had two problems with this book. Uh, other, I mean, the book is a great, it's a great book to read. It's a very entertaining book to read. I had a lot of fun reading. It. I had a blast, but I had two cons with this book. And one of them was the fact that it took place over several different time periods. And, and the only problem with that is that because you have the same characters in different time periods, when you go back to another time period, I had to keep going back to the chapter where that time period ended last and remind myself of what they were doing to go into the new chapter. It was it was almost too forgettable uh, to, to remember where they were leaving off with certain points in the book. Uh, that went away the further the book went, but at first it was kind of hard to keep track of everything and, you know, going uh, forward through this, you know. At the beginning of each chapter, it tells you, you know, what time period you're going to. And you have to sit there and think for a second. Okay, wait, the last thing Lando did 15 years ago was this. Okay, so that's where we're picking up. You know, and you read another one. Okay, the last thing Han Solo was doing 10 years ago was this. Okay, so then that's where we're picking up. Um, but if you if, if you guys don't have a you know hard time keeping track of stuff like that, you probably won't have that big of a problem with that. The other con I had with this book, uh, and then I'll talk about the pros here here in a minute. The other con I had with this book... Uh, was look, and it's not even that big of a deal. It may it may not be a big deal to you personally. This is just this is just my opinion. Uh, 
this this thing took this particular problem took me out of the book more often than not. Uh, it took me out of the story of what was going on. In the Star Wars universe, yes, we have characters that swear. You know, more more so in the newer films, you know, we see a lot of Poe. The, the word ass has been introduced into Star Wars, you know. I mean, in the classic trilogy, we heard Han say, then I'll see you in hell. You know, we've even heard Finn in Episode Seven say, damn it, you know. So they're starting to bring in real-world swearing, which, you know, it, I, have a, I have a certain opinion about that. I feel like they need to keep it as... Star Wars is possible. Stick with the blast, you know, that Obi-Wan used to say all the time. You know, Carabas, that Zeb says a lot. Stick with stuff like that that is signature to Star Wars. There's no reason to start bringing stuff like, you know, real-world swearing into the Star Wars galaxy. Now, that kind of leads into this other problem I had with this book. The word ass and different variations of the word ass are used so gratuitously through this novel that it took me out of the story every time it happened. I couldn't help it. Even And it wasn't even just Han and Lando saying it. Even in the narration, when nobody is talking, the word ass kept popping up. Or some form of it. You know, they really saved our asses. You bet your ass that's going to happen. You know, like, that took me out of it a little bit, you know, because you never hear Han and Lando talk like that in the films, you know, and it's just, and you don't hear him talk like that anywhere else in canon, so it felt very out of character, um, and it just, and it, there was times where it was twice on the same page, now I don't have a problem with swearing, I swear all the time, you know, anybody who sits around me or even talks to me at all knows I cuss like a sailor, it, it got, I got it from the military, I can't lose it, I'm sorry. Uh, it's, it's all I can do to sit here and do a podcast, you know, once in a while and, and, and not swear, you know, I, I do my best, but once in a while, I just got to let it fly. But anyway, uh, but in a star Wars novel, I, I just, when it's completely out of character for these characters to say something like that, especially since, you know, they're not going to be saying it in solo star Wars story, you know, he never, that it's never used anywhere else except in this book. So it kind of took me out of it a little bit. Uh, but some of the other positives I had for it, the villain was absolutely great. I loved the villain in this book, uh, Fizen Gore. Uh, he was from the planet Utapau, which is the planet from episode three that Obi-Wan killed Grievous on. Spoiler alert, if you haven't seen episode three, uh, you should have by now. But anyway, uh, He's from that planet. Uh, he's a surgeon that's kind of into this grafting uh, organic parts with droid parts, and that he, you know, he thinks droids are going to be superior to humans, stuff like that. It's it's actually a really really great villain. And uh, when you fir- in the novel, when he finally, when you have one of his flashback scenes to him, when he actually becomes, you know, the quote unquote villain, when he actually finally, you know, turns to the villain. Uh, the story I was reading, you know, the part that it, where it happens was just, oh man, it was so cool to read. And like, I remember my jaw dropping at one point. It was just, oh my God. But, uh, it was great to actually see uh, a villain like that as complex as that in a novel. I'd love to see them pop up in a, in a, in a film somewhere. Um, the other thing I want to give a positive to is L3. We actually get introduced to the character of L3 in this book, you know, what she's going to be like. I, I say she's a she, it's a droid, but uh, w- what she's going to be like, her relationship with Lando, the way they kind of get along and don't get along, 
uh, why you know their their dynamic. It's absolutely great to to see that and to get a good uh, preview of that before we go into Solo, a Star Wars story. So uh, guys, definitely go check out Last Shot. Uh, it, it's like I said, if you can look past these couple little negatives I have, you're gonna have a lot of fun with this novel. So. Uh, and speaking of Solo, a Star Wars story, what do you say we jump from our news section and get right into upcoming canon? Uh, guys, this is one of those rare weeks where we can actually sit here and say, oh my God, we have a new Star Wars movie releasing this week. You know, this is the first time in history that we've had two Star Wars films released back to back within six months of each other. Uh, now, granted, we're going to have uh, an 18 month wait after this, but we get two Star Wars films within a six-month period of each other. How cool is that? You know, so we have a new Star Wars film, Solo, A Star Wars Story, is releasing on the 25th, uh, but I'm willing to bet you already knew that, so let's just move on from that. Uh, well, real quick, Kirsty and I do have uh, tickets for Thursday night at 7 p.m. for Solo, uh, so we'll be getting a spoiler-free review out on YouTube uh, very soon after that. I'm very excited to start talking some Solo, and uh, probably we'll probably wait about a week before we put out our spoiler review. Uh, and Chris and I will probably sit and talk uh, solo for an entire episode at one point. Uh, we also have a new novel dropping on the 25th with the release of Solo. Uh, it is Star Wars Most Wanted. It's releasing on the 25th. Uh, it's a Han and Kira novel. Uh, it's published by Lucasfilm Press. Uh, and it's kind of a companion novel. It's one of those companion novels that comes out whenever a film does. Uh, probably don't have to read it before the movie comes out, but, you know, it. I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait to get my hands on it and I'm ready to read it. I just finished, like I said, I just finished last shot. So I'm ready to get into this one. Uh, as far as comics are concerned, uh, we've got a few coming out today. As a matter of fact, so we have star Wars issue number 48, the last Jedi adaptation, number two star Wars annual number four and Dr. Aphra number 20, all hitting bookshelves today. So make sure to visit your local comic book shop and pick those up. Or, you know, if your comic book shop, uh, offers the service of a pull file the same way my comic shop does, uh, Prairie Dog Comics in Wichita. Uh, definitely do that too so you can just make one trip a month and go pick up your comics. So uh, we'll have reviews coming for those. Chris and I will probably talk about them on a future episode. Uh, but yeah, as far as upcoming canon, that's really it. The film, the one novel, and those comics. So uh, kind of a busy week for upcoming canon. A lot to take in in a single week. Uh, but nothing too serious, nothing we really can't handle. So uh, definitely make sure to go check out that upcoming canon. So guys, what do you say we get into some mailbag and a Facebook question? We have a Facebook question this week. Uh, we're going to get into your questions. How do you get a question on the Star Wars Canon podcast? You can email it to us at starwarscanonlibrary at gmail.com. You can send it to us through the website, starwarscanonlibrary.com, or you can contact us through our Facebook page, the links to all of those can be found in the, in the description box below. Uh, we'll go through, pick out a few, and uh, try our best to answer it for you, to be completely honest. There's a couple questions once in a while we get it, and I just I don't have an answer for you. I just don't. So uh, this week we've picked out a handful of questions. I think I've got six of them, to be honest. Uh, so let's just dive right into this and uh, see if we can't get some uh, answers for you guys. Uh, question number one this week comes from Ryan Botkins. And Ryan says, why haven't we seen more classic aliens in the new films? Love your channel and the new format. Keep it up. Thanks, Ryan. I appreciate it. Uh, that's an excellent question. Why haven't we seen more classic aliens in the new films? Um, 
Now, the simple answer to that would probably be this. They're trying to expand the universe. They're trying to introduce more species, more, you know, aliens into it, different planets that we're, you know, we're discovering now. But you're right. Why aren't they releasing new Star or I'm sorry, these old uh, alien species in these new films? I mean, we go to some place in episode seven, like Maz Kanata's palace. We go somewhere in episode eight, like, you know, Canto Bite. Rogue One, we're on, you know, Jeddah. We don't see any species that we already know. We don't see any Twi'lex. We don't see, you know, any Corrin. We don't see any Duros. Where are these species at? You know, where are the Weequay at? You know, where are all of these species at? That's an excellent question. And I feel like, let's say, for instance, episode seven comes out, right? And it, we go to Maz's castle. Had we seen some of those classic aliens, I think it would have fit and it would have felt more. I mean, it felt like Star Wars personally to me, but I think it would have felt like Star Wars to more and more people had those species been there. Now, granted, we've seen, you know, Duros pop up in Battlefront. You know, we've had the, the one Duros character, his, his name is escaping me at this point. I think it was Uncle something, uh, Shriv or something like that. I know it wasn't Sheev, that's Palpatine, but in, but I think it was like Uncle Shriv or something like that. Uh, had a great dynamic with Lando, absolutely hilarious. Uh, that, and really, that's about it as far as alien species go. Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing more Celestins, you know. I, I wouldn't mind seeing... You, I mean, what else is there as, as far as species are? Because I would, I want to see more, more of them. Even more Zabrax would be great. You know, that would be really cool. But we don't see a whole lot of that, and that's a that's a great question. Why don't we see more of it? You know, even in episode eight, we didn't see anything like that. So once episode nine rolls around, I'm really hoping we're gonna see see more of those. Even Rogue One didn't have anything that that I mean, off the top of my head, that really was from the classic trilogy, you know, and solo probably won't either. You know, I, I love these new films that are coming out, but you are right about that. That is one thing I wish to God they would do. We probably won't see any classic aliens in, in uh, solo, you know, hopefully we will in nine. I'm hoping that's something that Lucasfilm takes and says, Oh crap, we need to do this to make it feel like star Wars. But the thing is at this point, I almost feel like if they started doing it, you'd have to do it gradually at this point now. You know, sprinkle one in here and there. At this point, it's going to almost feel jarring if you just instantly go back to just all classic aliens. You know, show us new aliens. I want to see new species. I want to see, you know, new, you know, new creatures from new planets. But at the same time, show me what I already know. I'd love to see some of that. That's a great question. Uh, I, I, I The short answer, I think, is that they're just trying to introduce a bunch of new aliens and new stuff like that. But God, man, if they if they started showing some classic aliens i think it would really really help uh, a lot of people's opinions of the new films that's a great question ryan thanks for sending it in uh and then like that that is something i'm really really hoping we see more of uh question number two this week comes from anthony Seville's. uh and anthony says what are the odds we'll get to see anakin appear as a force ghost in episode nine i'd hoped we uh would have gotten him in the last jedi but we got yoda instead not a bad thing Personally, I feel like we won't get him, but I still have my fingers crossed. What are your thoughts? Thanks for the question, Anthony. Uh, look, if you'd have asked me this a year ago, I would have said, yes, we're going to get Anakin in episode eight. I would, I, I mean, I think I did say that at one point. I even said we were going to get Obi-Wan at some point uh, in episode eight. 
And you're right. We got Yoda, which I think Yoda was, uh, if you're going to show any of the force ghosts of any of the characters that we know between Yoda, Anakin and Obi-Wan, Yoda was the safest choice. Yoda was the safe choice. It really was. And to this day, I watched The Last Jedi and I want to cry when I see that Yoda scene pop up. I absolutely adore that scene. Had it been Anakin, I would have been robbed of that. I mean, it would have still been cool to see Anakin on screen again. It would have been cool to see Obi-Wan on screen again. But I would have been robbed. That scene alone is what really sucked me into episode 8 and made me feel like a kid again. Because I was watching my Yoda, my puppet Yoda that I grew up with. I was watching it on the big screen again. And it took me back to when I was watching Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi for the first time. Feeling like a kid again. Just watching that, being mesmerized by that character. I absolutely loved it. Uh, but as far as Anakin goes, I, look, th- there's there's two ways you could go about this. One, I don't... It almost feels like if you showed Anakin's Force Ghost in 9, it wouldn't be that big of a deal. This is just, just one... One route, okay, this is just one outcome, I, I think. I don't think it'd be that big of a deal because we've already seen Yoda in, in, in 8. You know, that kind of nostalgia wouldn't be there. I just, I don't feel like it would be. The shock value of seeing a Force ghost from the from one of the previous trilogies would kind of be gone at this point. However, they did say that J.J. is going to tie together all three trilogies with this film. He's going to try... He's going to tie together all three trilogies. That makes me believe on some level, we almost have to have Force Ghost Anakin in episode nine. You know, I'm, I'm, I could see it both ends of the spectrum. You know, I could see it not making sense having Anakin in episode nine. And then turning around, I can see it making total and complete sense to have Anakin in episode nine. Uh, I think at this point, I would say the odds are pretty good we're going to get Anakin in episode 9. It's going to be one of those things where, you know, you don't expect him to pop up at first, and all of a sudden, boom, the scene happens, and there he is. And you're going to get cheers from him. Even though some people really didn't like his portrayal of Anakin Skywalker, he's going to get cheers. You know, there are people watching these new films that grew up with the prequels, and to them, he was a great Anakin Skywalker, you know? Um, I would love to see what he can do because I really thought he was going to be in episode eight. I wanted to see what Ryan Johnson could do with Hayden Christensen, but now I want to see what JJ can do with him. I'm really, really interested in that. So uh, at this point, I'm going to say uh, if I was going with a percentage, I'm going to say 60% positive we're going to get him. I'm going to say 60%. I think it's more than 50%. I think the odds are, 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 in our favor of getting that, but I wouldn't bank on it completely. If that makes any sense, I'm going to say 65%. I want to say there's a 65% chance we'll get it. So, uh, hopefully uh, you say you got your fingers crossed me too. I think that would be a great way to tie together all three trilogies. Uh, but at the same time, this is why I'm not the one making these films. That might be a horrible way to tie together all the trilogies for all we know. Uh, so that's why I'm not making the film. So, uh, but we'll touch on that in a minute. Uh, But thanks for the question, Anthony. I do appreciate it. Question number three this week uh, is a Facebook user, Jordan uh, Adorno. I think I said your name right, brother. I really hope I said it. Guys, I'm really bad with names. I say that every episode. Uh, I'm 
I'm hoping I get better at it as time goes, but I'm I'm not doubting I'm not counting on it. Uh, but Jordan wants to know: Is Shadows of the Empire canon? Uh, the short answer to that is no. Uh, no, it's not canon. Not as of this moment. Uh, had you asked me this, you know, a couple months ago, I'd have said that no, it's never going to be canon. It's null and voided. However, my opinion on that has kind of changed. The Shadows of the Empire takes place between uh, The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi and focuses mainly on Leia and Lando trying to get uh, Han back from Boba Fett and Luke dealing with the fact that Vader told him he's his father, you know, learning more of the Force, building his new lightsaber, stuff like that. Uh, and and this new third party being introduced, Black Sun with Prince Shizor, trying to capture Skywalker before Vader can because of some personal rivalry. But anyway, it's a great novel. It's one of my absolute favorite EU novels. It's it's up there. As a matter of fact, I think it was the first EU novel I ever read. Uh, and I absolutely love, I got a copy of it around here somewhere, but I absolutely love that novel. Uh, as of now, it is not canon. The only other novel that takes place during that time period in canon is a short Leia novel called uh, Moving Target. And uh, it's actually a really good book. Uh, Moving Target was the first novel they released where they started to touch on the gray area that the Rebel Alliance was kind of dabbing into, you know, to get certain things done. It was starting. That was the first time we really saw that there really was no black and white. You know, there was this seriously moral gray area. So, uh, but it's mainly a Leia novel. I don't want to. I don't want to ruin anything about that novel. Uh, I'll say this much about it. It's it follows Leia while she's trying to use civilians as a decoy to keep the Empire away from the Rebel fleet massing to attack the second Death Star. That's essentially what that novel is. Um, now, with Shadows of the Empire, a couple months ago, I'd have said, no, there's no way because that's the only novel that takes place in, in that time period right there. Uh, and, and that's it. However, my opinion on that has changed a bit. Uh, after talking to some people, I think Chris Stolle kind of talked to me about this. Richard J. I think, mentioned it at one point. I think. I think he did. Uh, that novel, if they were to make it canon today, it would still fit as long as it went before Moving Target. As long as it went between Empire Strikes Back and Moving Target, it would still make sense to a degree. Yeah, you might have to tweak a few things here and there depending on, you know, what the story group wants to do with how Luke was handling the revelation with Vader. Because really, we don't we don't have any material there during that time period. We have that one book. And it's a year. It covers a year. There's a year in between those films. So why we don't have more there, I don't know. I would almost... Ah, God. A year ago, I would have said I, I would have loved to have seen a film set there somewhere. You know, telling a story, but now I'm kind of off of that bandwagon. I I feel like there's they're saving something big for that. I really feel like there's that's the only era between films. I mean, but other than Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens, which that one's kind of obvious. Why we don't have a lot there, but that's really the only era we don't have anything happening now. I you know, the Star Wars comics are going to go on forever, so I, they could make a liar out of me. And as soon as I get past Empire Strikes Back, have you know, 50 issues of Star Wars comics happen between, you know, Empire and Jedi. That could happen, but uh, but as of now, I know that was kind of a long answer, but no, Shadows of the Empire is not canon as of now. However, 
the more and more I think about it, the more I realize it possibly could fit there as canon. It's just the odds of that are so slim to none that they would do something like that. I, 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 I wouldn't be against it if they did, but as of now, no, it's not canon. Uh, sadly, but uh, thanks for the question, uh, Jordan. I do appreciate it. Question number four this week comes from Jeff Cohen, I believe is how you say your name. Uh, and Jeff says, Hey, Brian and Chris, love your podcast. Man, Chris would have loved to hear that. Uh, I know he's listening right now, but uh, Chris, you, you let Chris know either way. Uh, hey, Brian and Chris, love your podcast. It's refreshing to just listen to two passionate Star Wars fans just talk about what they love. Keep doing what you're doing. Thank you, brother. We appreciate those words of wisdom. I know I can speak for Chris. Uh, He did message me last week after he listened to last week's episode and said he was really happy with the way that turned out. So uh, I know he's he's right there with you, and and I know he appreciates that sentiment, man. Uh, Jeff asks, not that I'm hoping it would happen, but do you think Lucasfilm will ever reach a point in the new canon where they have to reset it again the way they did the old EU? I know there are haters that want something like that to happen, but it just wouldn't make sense to me. Uh, Thanks for the question, Jeff. And you're completely 100% hitting the nail on the head right about that. Uh, There are people who would love to see this new canon fail. Uh, And so far, it's it's doing very well. There's been a couple of bumps here and there. Uh, There's been a couple of unmentionable novels. I'm not going to get into it again this week. Uh, but there are a couple of novels that aren't that great. There's some comic series that aren't that great. There's, you know, there's, there's been a couple of things where you're just like, nah, it doesn't really fit in the new canon that great. However, the new canon has done very well. Now you have to keep in mind this also. The old EU was never considered canon. You're going to have fanboys argue you up and down that it was, it never was considered canon. Um, I wrote an article for the Canon Library not too long ago. You can find it at StarWarsCanonLibrary.com. Uh, that it was it was simply titled "Why Star Wars Needed a Canon, a Cohesive Canon," and it I, I remember sharing it to a, a certain Facebook page. I won't say the name of it, uh, but it got attacked, and the page ended up taking the article down because people were getting so so ticked off at what was said in the article. And that wasn't my intent. It was just everything in the article was civil and it was true, you know, and and they said it was a very biased article. It really wasn't. It was based on facts. So the old EU was never considered canon. There's even a quote from George Lucas saying he never considered any of that canon. He never did. I don't know why everybody wants to argue balls to bone that it was. You know, and that it was this great gem of the a collection of books. The EU had more crap in it than the new canon does so far. You know, if you ask Chris Stolle, Rogue Planet, not a great novel. Not great at all. Um, you know, I personally liked Darksaber, but I know the ma- the vast majority of people did not like Darksaber. You know, there's, there's several books in the EU that were just utter, complete garbage. You know, and none of it was canon to begin with. And none of it even was really cohesive with each other. You know, we'd have a character die at one point and then three books later, you know, 10 years down the road, that character's in that book also. You know, none of it made any sense. But uh, the the fact that they got rid of the old EU was honestly the best thing to do because Disney bought Star Wars, face it, to make money. 
That's what they bought it for. They did it to milk it for all it's worth. Star Wars is a household name. It's a brand name that they know sells. No matter what, it's going to sell. They bought it to make money. It is a business. All right. All these people and and there's people on both ends of the spectrum. There's people saying, oh, they're just doing it to make money. And then the other people are just like, oh, but they did it for the fans. You're both wrong. All right. I mean, to a degree, you're both wrong. Star Wars doesn't do anything for the fans. Uh, Yes, they do think. Okay, look, there's a fine line you have to walk here. All right. And, and, And just if you hear if you're on either end of that spectrum, hear me out for a minute, because I'm going to explain why I feel this way. It, 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 it just, just give me like five minutes to explain this and, and it'll make complete sense. Disney bought star Wars to make money because they knew if they treated the fans to certain things, they would make money. It is a business. All right. They didn't buy star Wars going, how can we do stuff for the fans that they're just going to eat up and love? They didn't do it with just that in mind. They did it with dollar signs in their eyes. All right, only, I mean, you have to be a realist about this. Disney, honest to God, Bob Iger has nothing to do with the production of Star Wars. He's looking at it as dollar signs. But at the same time, you have to, they're looking at it. What will bring in the most dollar signs? What will bring in the most money for us? What do the fans want? What do, what would the fans like to see? You know, stuff like this. And, You've got people that are crying because they didn't want a Han Solo movie. We didn't, quote unquote, need a Star Wars movie. Well, we don't need any movie. No many, no movie is ever needed, okay? So, it's not that they're not listening to the fans. It's that they're trying to come up with stuff that we will like that they know will make money. Whether you like it or not, Solo has the second highest pre-sale tickets of the year, second only to Infinity War. That's pretty good in my opinion you know what i mean like that all these people saying nobody wanted a han solo movie nobody's gonna go see this movie well the numbers are saying otherwise you know just because you don't want it doesn't mean nobody else did you know what i mean and it's just it's it's a business that's all it is disney is there to make money so they bought star wars to make money and they knew that if they started pumping out new novels that people were gonna buy them that's free that's printing free money all right. So when they said they were going to do this cohesive canon, that's something that they decided to do. That's the first time that's ever been done in pop culture history. It's never been done ever for any other franchise. Even Star Trek. All right. I'm not comparing Star Wars to Star Trek because there is no comparison. Yes, I like both. But Star Wars is obviously got the meat of the story. Star Trek, even their canon, their novels were never canon. You know, just the TV shows and the films. That's all that was canon. I'm sorry, that's all. The, that's the way the old Star Wars EU was. Now, Star Wars is the only franchise in history that everything is canon. The MCU can't even say that. The Marvel Cinematic Universe can't even say all of their stuff is canon. Because Shields, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is not... I mean, the TV show, the producers of the TV show of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. think they're a spinoff of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and they mimic what happens in the movies. But the movies act like the TV show doesn't even exist. So that's not even canon, you know? Um, so Star Wars is the only one that has this. And and that's something, that's a, that's a marketing ploy. Saying we're the first franchise to ever do something like this. And so far it's working. Everything connects back somehow. It's great to see that, you know? So do I think they're going to reach a point where they end up resetting it? I don't think so. 
since they're pouring their heart and soul into this, and not only look if they were only connecting the books with the books and the comics with the comics and the comics with the books and the books with the comics, and they weren't touching the films at all, I could say yeah, there's probably going to be a reset point at some point in the in the, in the future. But they're tying it in with the movies. They're tying the movies in with the books. You can't go back and say, oh, just those six. Or, I'm sorry. You can't have like, let's say in the future, by the time we get to this point, like you can't say we have 22 Star Wars films, but only 16 of them are canon. The other ones aren't. That's going to be confusing as hell to general movie going audiences. That's going to be confusing as shit. It just is. Uh, the fact that everything is going to come back and connect. And, and you may laugh at me saying 16 Star Wars movies. We're going to have a hell of a lot more than that in just a few years. We've got nine films in the works right this moment. I mean, that's counting Solo. As of right now, we have nine Star Wars films in the works. We have Solo, uh, Episode Nine, probably going to be Obi-Wan. That's three right there. You've got Ryan Johnson's trilogy. Whether you loved it or hate it, he's still getting his trilogy. You've got at least four films coming from Benioff and Weiss. It's a series of films. At least four. Probably going to be five or six. But that, at bare minimum, that's... I mean, how many is it? I just lost count talking about that. You got Solo, Obi-Wan, uh, Episode Nine, and then you've got Ryan Johnson's trilogy, and then those four. four. That's ten films. Nine if you're not counting Solo. That's ten Star Wars films coming out that we know are coming. You know, not to mention a live-action TV show, which will tie into the new canon. We have a new animated show, which will tie into the new canon. You know, so with all this other stuff tying in, I don't think we're ever going to hit a point where the new canon goes away i think it's here to stay i really do um and you know at some point somewhere way in the future star wars may get to a point where it doesn't make money anymore and disney may stop it and stop making stuff and then wait for a while probably quite a while and guys i hate to say it but you know if the world's still here in 75 80 years there's a really good possibility that your great grandkids great 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 grandkids are going to see a reboot of the original star wars films i hate to say it but that's going to happen because it is a business at some point you're going to have to do that to make it relatable to other generations you know so keep that in mind as of now at least i won't live to see that i hope i don't live to see that um but no i don't think this new canon is going anywhere i think it's it's here to stay and if anything they're getting better and better at at weaving everything together at first it was a little rocky you know, I don't know how these choose your own destiny stories are going to go that, that are supposed to be canon. I don't know how those are going to go, but I guess we'll see. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't, I don't think the new, the new canon is going away anytime soon. Thanks for the question, Jeff. Uh, question number five this week comes from Clint Bauer. Uh, I think I said your last name, right? Uh, and Clint Bauer says, uh, if Lucasfilm were to come to you right now and task you with making a star Wars movie based on one of the canon novels, what would it be? Uh, I would want to make a movie based on Phasma. She is one of my favorite characters, seriously underused, uh, and uh, and feel like she needs more screen time. Hope to hear an answer from you, big fan. Thanks for the question, Clint. Uh, see, personally, I uh, personally I don't know if I would go with Phasma. That wasn't a book that I was really head over heels for. But um, if I had to make a film based off of any novel, oh god. I'm going to say, look, the only reason I'm going to say this is is because of the way I would want to make the movie, not because of what it's about. 
Uh, and not because it's, I mean, you guys already know what I'm going to talk about as soon as I say this, but not because it's my favorite canon novel ever. I'm going to say Lost Stars because with Lost Stars, you would have an opportunity to do something extremely special for Star Wars fans in a way that would be completely unprecedented nowadays in modern times. Uh, I would do Lost Stars simply because the, that book weaves, it starts before the classic trilogy weaves itself in and out of the classic trilogy so beautifully and beyond it goes up to the battle of Jakku. So with lost stars, you could do a film series, a trilogy even, and you could show these classic scenes again from another point of view from the classic trilogy. Um, you know, these might be, you know, slight spoilers if you haven't read Lost Stars. Um, you know, the scene where one of the main characters in the novel is one of the Imperials who deactivated the hyperdrive on the Millennium Falcon on Bespin. That's an opportunity to go back and revisit Bespin and utilize old style filming techniques to make it feel like it fits in with the classic trilogy. Use models, use map paintings, don't use so much damn CGI. You know what I mean? Make it feel like it actually fits in with that trilogy. Uh, even, you know, the TIE fighter chase through the asteroid field in Empire Strikes Back when they're chasing the Falcon. You could do that from another point of view and actually use models again. Use those old style explosions on screen, you know. Not everything has to be CG. You could combine it all and make it consistent with itself. You know what I mean? You'd see the destruction of Alderaan again uh, from another point of view on the Death Star. You know, I mean, what else? You'd see the Battle of Jakku, you know, which is something that I think would really lend well to the big screen. I really, to a degree, I think the Battle of Jakku had too much going on in it to, to be big screen, but it'd be a spectacle to see in IMAX. You know what I mean? Especially, like I said, using model shots, you know, stuff that make it feel like classic trilogy again. Now, I know you can do CG models. You know, we saw it in Rogue One. We're going to probably see it in Solo of, you know, Star Destroyers that are so lifelike they look like models. Screw that. Go back to actual models. You know, actually hire some model makers, some prop builders. Do these old blue and green screen shots, you know, these matte paintings. I'd love to go back to do that kind of thing. And that's really, that's why I say Lost Stars. I, that's an opportunity to do something that would be so special. It'd cost a ton of money for Disney and Lucasfilm to make something like that. But God, it would pay off in the long run. I truly, truly believe that. Guys, let me know in the comment section below what novels or comic books or anything from the new canon would you like to see made into a, a film adaptation? Uh, I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts. Uh, and the last question this week before we sign off for uh, this particular episode uh, comes from Daniel Boyer. I think I said that last name right also. Uh, and Daniel says, since we're only about a week away from Solo, actually tomorrow night now, uh, do you have any final predictions about the film? Anything you want to see or hope we get to see pop up in the film? Love to hear your thoughts. May the force be with you. Thanks for the question, Daniel. Um, there's a couple things I wouldn't mind seeing. Uh, one in particular, I, I still truly believe we're going to see Jabba the Hutt in some form or fashion in this film. I truly do. And the reason, and look, there's some evidence that leans towards that at this point. We know the deal between Han and Jabba, why he had the bounty on his head. We know why, because Han dumped spice, you know, that was Jabba's. Went back to find it later, couldn't find it. We know that that is still canon. We know Han was talking to Jabba about that. Um, and if you look at some of the toys of the Falcon for Solo, that little shuttle that comes off the front of the ship, 
that little shuttle that comes off the front of the ship has got a spot where you can put those spice canisters in it and, and launch it off. So uh, I think we're definitely going to see Jabba the Hutt pop up in this film. Uh, I, you know, we're going to see obviously the Kessel Run. That's no, that's no surprise, but I think we're going to see him lose that spice. We're going to see him get boarded by the Imperials, uh, you know, that he was talking about with Greedo and A New Hope. Uh, and, and really that's, that's, that's what I want to see. I want to see that. And I, I'm still going to say this. I'm going to walk. I, I guarantee, at least I don't want to say I guarantee. I hope beyond hope I walk out of the theater and believe that Alden Ehrenreich is Han Solo. I really, really hope I do. So uh, really, that's the only predictions I have for the film. I don't want to speculate about it too much because if it doesn't happen, I don't want to turn into one of these guys that gets pissed off and hates the film because everything I wanted to happen in the film didn't happen. So I'm going to cut it short at those. So uh, guys, that is going to do it for this week's episode of the Star Wars Canon Podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Hopefully next week, Christopher Stolle will be feeling uh, a little better and will be able to join me and we'll be able to talk some solo with you guys. We'll have seen the film at that point. Uh, guys, make sure to check out the website. It is www.starwarscanonlibrary.com. Uh, visit the Facebook page. Give us a like and a thumbs up there uh, and a follow. Make sure to visit our Patreon page. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. If you guys like this uh, podcast, make sure to hit that thumbs up button. If you really liked it, hit that subscribe button. Can't wait to talk more Star Wars with you guys. And until next time, this is Brian signing off. May the Force be with you and have a good evening.